I'm a black, beautiful lesbian woman, and there is nothing that I'd change about any of those two things. I don't want to, I don't plan to, and that's about it. Hello, and welcome to the System Podcast. I'm your host, Yushima Cherry Burks. I'm an author, therapist, and entrepreneur. And I'm your host, Kimon Brown Chabalala. I'm an author, I'm an entrepreneur, and I am a mathematician by profession. Hey, Kimon, that was quite the intro. Hey, girl, hey. Well, today we are talking about <laughs> being Black and LGBT. This is our last episode for Black History Month, and how could we not talk about it? Absolutely. I think it's something that is common and it's not as common to discuss. So if any of you have a problem with the LGBTQ plus community, hang on in there so you can learn something and be edified. Or if it's just too much for you, join us on the next one or don't do whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this so this week, before we get into it, I want to get to the learn something new about you session. So Yashima, this week is your week, my darling. And I want you to share. So before we jump into the podcast discussion, we are going to do something new about you. And this week, Yushima, the question is being posed to you. So I want to know, and I'm sure the listeners want to as well, even if they don't admit it, but we want to know one thing about you that you often prefer to lie about. <laughs> so, the little you know, if they're not aware of the dynamics of my family or if they ask about my mom or something like that, I just omit anything that would make me uncomfortable, them uncomfortable. So I lie about my family <laughs> all the time. If they read my I didn't book, expect that to be the answer. <laughs> that's it. I lie about my family because, you know, people will, well, what, what happened? Why not? You know, um, I've lost friendships over you know, my relationship with my family, mm -hmm. how they feel like no matter what your parent does, you still owe them. You have to honor them. That old foolishness that people talk, they could beat you to death and, you know, mistreat you. And they still feel like, well, it doesn't matter. You only get one mom. Yeah. And I only get one life. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I would like to <laughs> Here is my one life, you know. Put that on a t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt. You only get one mom and one life. Like, we pick one. Pick the one you want, right? <laughs> so, you know, we've gotten into it. I've So I found that in order to keep my peace and not have to explain myself, yeah. I'll just, oh, yeah, all the time. Talk to her every day. She's great. The best yeah. person ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to eliminate any, any weirdness. Uh, okay, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but it's your turn. I want to hear your answer. Oh, no, it's the, it's the exact same. It is the exact same. And I remember last year when I was getting married and I was getting a lot of anxiety because Kay's family were flying in from South Africa. I didn't have any family members coming. Me and my mom, we have our issues, but I know if she could have come, she would have, but mm -hmm. she couldn't. 
Mm-hmm. But with my old, my siblings were supposed to come and then we like stopped talking and it is for my own good. I need to stop talking, stop having a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And so I had no one coming and I kept saying to Kay, listen, you better tell everybody that I'm, I'm an orphan. Right. <laughs> you pick me up on the side. I was like, street. no, you can't do that. <laughs> But yeah, I I do, because I don't want to talk about it, huh? It's easier. It's easier. It is easier. It is easier because you have to relive that trauma every single time. And it's like, I don't want to do that. So I'm like, yeah, I ain't got no brothers. Well, my brother is fine. I ain't got no sisters. It's just me. It's just me and my brother. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so bad. I don't know. Both of us might need an extra session with our therapist this week. Let's see. Mm. <laughs> no my, my therapist is fine with that <laughs> mine is too she's like girl I wouldn't even tell them anything no. she said you can eliminate that other one that you got too tell them that it's just Jackson exactly. I said well child she said wipe the slate clean so yeah you've got to protect yourself so guys what do you lie about let us know conversate with us on social media it's at the system podcast yeah, yeah and you can look in the description box yeah, SIS for sisterhood. Look in the description box below this podcast. You'll see all our links. Go follow us there. Let us know. Tag us in your videos. I don't want to be tagged in a TikTok video, like at the system. Come on. Let it Let's let us it. like get, get connecting. Yeah. So now we are going to be talking about being Black and LGBT. Now, the first thing that I want to get out, and Yushime, you're going to tell us about this, but I want to know when we, when you hear that topic, what is the very first thing that comes to mind? For you to not learn how to love someone that you created, I don't know, that's an issue. That's an issue for me. That's the issue for me. I guess I think of the young people who have been kicked out of homes and who've been mistreated. Um, TikTok going around where it's a guy who's like, you know, uh, I don't. he's not trans, he's not binary, but we wouldn't like, you wouldn't know that, but he's dressed like a woman, full woman, right? And he looks like a woman until he speaks. Did you see this video? And he said, no. he said, I love making heterosexuals feel uncomfortable. I love confusing them and bringing chaos to their life and making them apologize for um, mislabeling um, me or whatever. And so it's like when people weaponize their sexuality, I have a problem with it. I have a problem with that. That that bothers me. But is it, is it for him? Is he off the LGBT community or yeah. not? Yeah. Oh, so he is. He's not. Yeah. Mm. He's not. Binary. Okay. And he says he does okay. this all the time. And so it was so many comments down there that was like, yeah, this is, he said the quiet thing out loud. Yeah. He said the quiet thing out loud, which I think is being used a lot um, to just create chaos and confusion. But for the ones who are genuinely struggling or who are just living in their truth, I have no issue. I don't care who sticks what we, I don't, that's not my business. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't feel any ways about it anymore than you would say, hey, this is my heterosexual friend. You know what I mean? Like we don't I feel bad for the the people who can't live in their truth. I guess that's mm-hmm. but yeah. That's the population I work with during the day. My 16 to 24 year olds. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think for me, the when I hear black, being black and LGBT, I think about the intersectionality of discrimination, because when you are black, you ha you already have, you know, issues to face as for as far as equality goes and all of that. And then for it to be added on that you're also LGBT, then you've got you you're from that community. It's now okay, you've got another thing to face. And as human beings, all of us have you know issues that we'll face and then they multiply as we identify as something else or as we don't identify as something else. So for me, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Like, okay, so I remember gr not growing up because I, I never had to deal with homophobia to the extent that a lot of people have had to deal with it. I didn't have to deal with, you know, it's, it's mainly strangers who I get homophobia from. And a lot of people who are, oh, you're so beautiful. How can you be lesbian? You're so beautiful. Why don't you have a husband? And those things, they don't realize it's homophobic, but it is homophobic. You don't say that to someone because I can't go to your wife and say, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Why are you with this man? You know what I mean? So it, it, there's a lot of intersectionality about it that we've got to look at. And there's this thing that it's a choice, yeah? And we're going to be talking about that later in the podcast. But there, there's that that's what comes to mind. The intersectionality of being Black and LGBT and the struggles that you're then possibly going to face because of who you are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. Okay, come on. So you know what time it is. It is time for fun facts. Do you have a fun fact for us today? I do. And oh. this one, you know how I just go and read things and whatever, but it's very simple. Did you know that cows have their own neighborhood? What do you mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> cows have their own neighborhoods. Like they've got their own neighborhoods. <laughs> Like with a HOA, like a homeowners association? What do you mean? <laughs> with garages? Like when I, what? When I read that, that's what I that's what exactly what I thought. Like, what are they doing? Are they voting for anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you know, they say that cows are intelligent enough to make friends. Right. And I suppose because they're making friends, then maybe they make a neighborhood of friends, like I don't know. I don't know how it works, but cows have their own neighborhoods. <laughs> Look into that a little bit more so we could kind of see. Like, I wonder if they're discriminatory. Like, girl, no. I'm not digging your, I'm not digging your spots. You can't come up yeah. in here. Nah, Bertha. No brown cows allowed. <laughs> no, no brown cows. And it's a it's a book called Hey Brown Cow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. That's good. So that's okay. my fun fact for today. Now I would be obsessed with going down the rabbit hole of the house neighborhood. All right. That'd be a cute children's book. That'd be a cute children's Wouldn't book. it be? It is. Okay, come on. So moving into the space of whether or not being gay is a choice or is it a lifestyle or is it just the way we are born? I'm going to get into this a little bit more because we've been taught that it is something that is not innate. It is something that is um, a, a decision that you make. But then when you think about being born straight, no one questions that. No one says, well, are you sure? 
your strength. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. when I looked at it from that perspective, as I started to get older and do my own research and I started to work with different populations of people and my friends were coming out and different things, I, I started really thinking about it. Like no one questions heterosexuals on whether or not this is something that they really want to do. Is this something you really want to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I listen, I can't overgeneralize because with everything, there's there there exists the idea of multifacetedness, the idea of things being different for everybody. Yeah. I don't think it's a choice for everybody, but I also think there are some people who go down the choice route. They decide to be LGBT be of the community. Mm-hmm. Just like anything else, there there's um, LGBT people out here, lesbians and gays, who are deciding, choosing to live a straight life because that's going to make life easier for them. Yeah. So for whatever reason, they're girls. You know, back in university, I remember this girl, she really, really liked me. Yeah. And she kept going on and on and on about wanting a relationship with me. And I always say to people, I know if you're gay, I know I, I might not be attracted to you, but I know I don't know what it is, but I know that you're gay. And some people call it a gay doll, but I know. So when you approach me, my antennas go up like you just want to sleep with me. What are you on about? Yeah. And nobody could get, because all my friends thought, oh, this girl really likes you. You should give her a go. And so I'm like, this child isn't gay. This girl wants to be up in my panties. Yeah. And that we, she graduated. She was in what she was one year ahead of me and she graduated. And wait, before you know it, she was married. And I thought, I told you all this child wasn't gay. So she, she had her person at home yeah and she was busy trying to get into my panties and I just wouldn't wouldn't go there so there are some people who choose to there are girls who choose to be gay during university because they don't want to get pregnant and they want to enjoy their sex life so people make the decision for different reasons however to make this blanket statement that being gay is a choice and we can change it I think it's yeah it's taking it too far there are people out there. I didn't choose to be gay. I knew I was gay from a very, very young age. I knew that I liked girls and I wanted to date only girls. Yeah. So I knew, I knew that this was, this was me. There's been, if it was a choice, girl, I would have been, I'd probably be with a man already. I'd probably be with a man already. I'll be sitting at home being taken care of by this man or whatever, because it can happen, mm-hmm. but it's not a choice. I've got to worry about who do I connect with on that level in my home space? I couldn't even live with a boy. I couldn't do it. I would struggle if I had to live with a man inside the house, not even as, as my partner. But if I had to get a roommate and it had to be a boy, it just wouldn't be my thing because my energies, it doesn't it doesn't feed my space to have that kind of energy around me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So for me, it's not a choice. For a lot of people, it's not a choice. And it's not something that we can just switch off tomorrow and say, hang on a minute, I'm done being gay. And now I want to go get married to a man or I want to go get married to a woman or I want to, you know, stop being having these feelings inside that I have where I have a female female body and I want to become a boy even with that there's some people who are trans who are transitioning but they're not necessarily transgenders if that makes sense and this is a debate that we have a lot in the LGBT community but there's some people who are transitioning to fit what society has cut out for them while there are others who genuinely cannot 
their minds cannot connect with the bodies that they're in. So there's a lot to look into. And when you look at the LGBT community, you've got to dig deep into it. So for us to give a blanket statement and say it's a choice and we can get rid of it, we can stop it or whatever. Yeah, it's about time. I mean, we are so far ahead with humanity that it's about time that we realize that, come on, guys, we're all different. We are all different and we all do things for different reasons. We all experience life differently. And it's okay that we experience life the way that we do. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, it is a responsibility of all of us who have any type of connection or we're in a position of authority or we have any interaction with especially young people who are questioning their own identities, right? They're trying to figure things out. Something is different about them when they look at their peers. And um, I think it can be detrimental either way. And we can go into that in a minute. First, we have to talk about what you're reading, Kamal. Oh, what my reading? Okay, I finally finished my marketing book last week, and I've got a book. Well, it's it's scheduled for March thirty first, guys. If you don't know, I'm a publisher. That's my business, and we've got a book coming out on March thirty first. It's called Among Us. It's by Zane Michaels, and it's a kid that's written this book. It's I find it very interesting. It's it's just you know I think some short. It's just some short stories that he's written and. This child wants to someday become a doctor. And he thinks that if he just starts from now making money, then he can pay his own way through um, medical school without having to take a loan or whatever. And he is based in America. So I'm reading that this week. It's already out. Well, it's already ready to be out, but it's only going to be if you a lot of people have been doing pre-orders. So they'll only be able to be getting it on 31st of March. So I got my copy because I'm the publisher and I'm reading it at the minute. Oh, say yeah. that title again so we can look it up. Among Us by Zane Michaels, 15-year-old kid. 15-year-old is publishing a book. Look at this. That was a dream of mine. And repeat, repeat. You went out, repeat. Yeah. A 15-year-old is publishing a book that is so awesome. That was always a dream of mine. And Tamron Hill Press made that happen for me. So I'm just going to give Tamron Hill Press a shout <laughs> right now for all for changing lives. Okay. Yes. Thank you, sis. Yeah. So that's what I'm reading. What are you reading? So I'm reading for work, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> As I do. And it's a lot of... Um, just mental health things. They changed the DSM-5 TR and they've made some updates. And since I made the uh, workshop for social workers who are supervisors over other social workers, I have to make sure I stay on top to see if there's any other changes I need to incorporate in our next training. So that's yeah. what I've been doing for the past week or so. But next week, I'm getting right back into my uh, fun reading. And we would definitely talk about that because it's something that you are all familiar with. Okay. Yeah. Come on, quick. What do you think about parents who encourage their children to do the full, like the Gabrielle Union situation, right? With her trans daughter, who, and you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Who was very young. I don't know, is this baby like 13 now, maybe? She may be 13 now. 
um, to fully transition at such a young age. How do you feel about that? Because I, my personal feelings are that it can be harmful one way or another to suppress it or to like push it and then put them in social media. Like here, look at this child going through the most private time of their life. And you know, that can cause pressure on the child. What do you think about that? Yeah, this this was this was an interesting one for me. And I'm not a I'm not a biological parent and I've not had to raise raise children from birth to, you know, adulthood or whatever. I've not been through that process. So I but I know for a fact that parenting it's a very complicated thing. I always say that being a parent is one of the most challenging jobs that anyone will choose to take on. And I think that is what's happening in this case because it is just like religion. Yeah? I've got my religion and I assumed that if I had children and I've always said it, if I had kids, biological kids, I would ask my child, there's a church down the road. Do you want to go? I can explain to you what a church is. I can explain to you what a mosque is. I can explain all these details to you. And then it's up for you to do things with it. But at the same time, a child's mind takes time to develop. Yeah. So to be able to make conscious decision is going to be a tough thing. But in saying that, at three, four, five, six years old, I was a very clever child. Yeah. I was, I would have loved to have been, to have enjoyed my childhood a bit more because the smarter you are, the more responsibilities you have at a younger age. Yeah. But I was smart enough to understand certain things and to, to know about certain things. So for 10 to 12 years old, they know a lot. They understand a lot. Yeah. It's I don't, I don't know what's going on behind the doors with this family. I don't know what's what's going on from the mother's perspective, from Dwayne's perspective, from Gabrielle as a stepmom. I don't know from the child's perspective. But for me, I would it, it would mean a lot to me if they've had this conversation. And remember, this child has been in therapy. And a lot of people think that transitioning, it's a simple thing. It's not. There's a lot of work that goes into getting to a decision to having to transition yeah it's the final stage where they come and they say okay listen we've got to approve the surgery because this child is being tortured in this body that he or she is in yeah so it's not a, we, we as the public we've got to remember these things that there's a lot of decisions that, a lot of thought that went into this they've had this discussion and as long as you say the child understands that hang on a minute once i make this decision well it's not final because they, she she can go back to being a boy later on in life if she decides to but know that as your mom I'm not forcing you to make this decision. So you decide, and I'm going to support the hell out of you. But come back to me. If it's a case where you're going to change your mind down the road, don't feel that you have to keep that secret or be tortured inside your own mind for it because you made this decision. I won't bash you. I won't judge you. Come back to me and say, mom, I want to look at going back to being a boy because I'm not enjoying this body that I thought I was going to be enjoying. I'm not living the life that I thought I was going to be living. So it's about opening up the, 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 the dialogue to say honest communication is important and talking about things is important. So based on that, 
I'm okay with their decision because it's their decision. It's her decision to be a girl. And I'm glad that we're in a society now where they're able to say, because lots of kids have done it. She's not the first and she won't be the last. A lot of kids have done it. And a lot of parents have supported that. And I think it's important because you don't, nothing is more painful than being in your head and being tortured inside your head every single day. It, there is nothing more torturous than that. You can step away. I can step away from someone who's beating on me. I can't step away from myself. I've got to be with myself 24 sevens. There's nothing I can do about it. So I'm glad that they've helped her to navigate that and to get to a place where hopefully she'll feel happier and she'll be more comfortable with herself and to live that, the life that she wants to be living. I hope that all of that makes sense. It does. And I guess I feel like listening to the side of the mother, she wishes that she had been more, I guess, present or involved in it because it looks like Gabrielle Union kind of took the reins on this and kind of just, Dwayne Wade was just kind of like, okay, whatever. You know, that's what it seems like <laughs> from the mom's point of view. And as a stepmom and a mom, I feel like some boundaries may have been crossed and, and I don't feel like it was a necessarily inclusive decision or inclusive enough for the biological mom to understand or know what's even going on with her child. You know what I mean? Like they're putting things online. They're not having the discussion with the mom. It was just very off-putting for me, I guess, because I'm, I'm both. I just could not imagine, right? Now, there are things that me and my bonus daughter talk about that I would never, right? I, I would never put on blast and, hey, look at this. Um, for the world to see, especially if it's not something that they choose to share with the rest of the world. But I think we have responsibility as co-parents to just make sure we keep all parties involved and get the input from all parties um, and allow that person to grieve the relationship with the son that she gave birth to. I think we leave that part out a lot. It's like, you're just supposed to suck it up and just deal with it. And who cares about your feelings and none of that matters. But I think it's a process for everyone, especially if you had a child born of one biological sex and then they had to transition. You have to give that parent enough time to say, oh, okay, so I'm involved in the process of you doing it. It's not just happening to you in front of me. So I guess that's where my issue came in with Gabrielle, um, kind of being at the forefront of this movement for the baby. Like the whole thing of, you know, Gabrielle and what she's doing and stuff like that. I think some of the times we forget about this whole thing of community, but when it comes especially to step parenting, step parents are, if you have a partner who loves your child as much as you do, it's a good place to be in, yeah? And also remember, we've got to take this thing out of it that it's my child, it's my this, it's my that. At the end of the day, you, the three or four of you are raising this child and you're that village, yeah? And that village needs to come together. And not all members in the village have the same characteristics or skills, yeah? So could it be that this child felt more comfortable with Gabrielle doing certain things with and for her because of her skill set? Is it that, you know, I've been in situation where 
I don't know what's happening with one of the kids that I'm a step parent to because they don't feel comfortable talking to me about it. All my kids, my nieces, my nephews, my stepchildren, my they all they they I'm the aunt that they're most most scared of or the mom that they're most scared of when it comes to their academics. Yeah. So they'll tell my wife, they'll tell their parents, they'll tell everyone else before me that I failed the test at school. Because auntie doesn't accept failure. Now, what do you need to do to go back and pass it? What do you need to do? What aren't you doing right to go back and get that test done right? Yeah. So we all have skill sets. And it's important as I've struggled in relationships trying to connect with stepchildren because parents or whether it's my partner or the other parents are like, but she, she ain't my kid's mom. She ain't my kid's mom. She don't tell her what to do. But when it comes to making sure they're fed, making sure that they're taken care of, nobody's got a problem to say, oh, it's not her child. She doesn't have to do it. You see what I mean? So I think, and maybe that's an episode that we need to have, yeah, about this whole step parenting thing, because we, we don't know the full story. We do not know the full story. And even when the mom is out there screaming, well, why is this child turning to this person? If a child in my household is going to come to me or a child in my family is going to come to me, I'm not going to turn that child away. There is nothing that you can say or do to make me turn that child away. If that child goes and lies on me, that's the only time I, I step away from a child. Or if you don't want me to have anything to do with your kids, it's fine. You're their parent. I ain't got to be there, but you've got to be there. You understand? But when it comes to a child saying, auntie, I want, I want this to go out in the world. Can you please put it on, put it on my social media? I'm going to call you up as a parent. I'm going to let you know, but I'm also going to let you know that this is what the child wants. And I don't see anything wrong with it. Or even if I see something wrong with it, but this is the, the support that this child needs. And this is what I'm going to do to support that child. You deal with it with your child afterwards. It's got nothing to do with me. You've got to deal with that. And that's okay as well. In my I, opinion, guys, in my opinion. But I think what you said in the very beginning, you're saying the same thing I'm saying. It wasn't a village yeah. decision. She was left out of it. It wasn't necessarily a village decision. From what the mother has said, she said that she wasn't aware of all the different things that they were doing and she was finding out with everyone else. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe that's just in the beginning when I heard her discuss it. Um... And yeah, it is my child. If I grew you, if I birthed you, if I fed you for nine months and you ate off my tit, you're mine, right? <laughs> but that doesn't take away the importance of the village. That never took away how important a stepmom is to the child. My ex-husband's wife that he married when he was still married to me was yeah. if I could just have had her, if we could have just cut him out, if we could just carve him out and mm -hmm. just have, just dealt with her. I just dealt with her because he was not, right? But she was everything. She was all the things. When Michael was there for that short period of time, baby, I did not worry about him at all because she was with him. I had full faith that she would do him the way that she did her kids. No problem. It does take a village. I fully believe that. But at the same time, we can't look at it like um, maybe one parent has or this parent has more experience than that one. At the end of the day, everybody should have been included. Everybody come to the table. However they work that out, if they still decide to post stuff or not post stuff, whatever, that's on them. But at least bring me in on the conversation. You know what I mean? Like that, that was huge. If my son had been with his dad and his dad's wife 
and this had happened with my son, I would feel betrayed. I would feel pissed. I would feel disrespected. I would feel but horrible about that because could that is, have happened though? They could, need to speak with you as a, as the other parent. Did they send a death sentence? He has full he has full custody, right? I thought he had like custody. So whatever medical decisions and stuff, I think that goes with him. I think that's mm. you know his choice. So they didn't bring in you know. From what I understand, and I could be wrong, correct me in the comments, guys, but be respectful, okay? If I'm wrong, just it is. <laughs> but from my point of view, if that had happened with my child, when my child was with, you know, his dad and his stepmom, um, I just said your other mama child, call your other mama, because at the end of the day, she was great. Um, I would feel so... Betrayed. But it couldn't happen in your situation, though. And yeah, it's getting complex and we don't want to stay stuck on this. But papers have got to be signed. Loads of documents. And that's the other thing. We can't but take no, everything everybody necessary. says. No. What do you mean? They've got to sign documents for this child to get, get to get her gender changed. It's not it's not cut if, and dry, guys. If you have full custody. But that, that's what I was going to say. The fact yeah. that he has full custody, we don't know what's going on, what has happened and why her, she wasn't a part of the decision. We would have liked it to happen, but we don't know why this parent has full custody and why this parent is not involved in the decision of her own child. So I don't want to speak on that. But at the same time, at the end of the day, he's got full custody of the kid and he makes the decision to go with the kid. Does that make sense? He does as the dad. Yeah, yeah. But it's not just him doing it. So but he's I guess, got boys. But this is what I'm, this is my stance and it's not going to change unless God himself come down and tell me to, right? At the end of the day, if it's going to take a village, keep that same energy for everything. Yeah, it's cool for you to feed them, clothe them, bathe them, all that stuff. I still want to be involved in that process too. If I say, please don't feed my child pork, for our religious beliefs or for whatever it is that we're, you know, doing for his health or whatever. Mike didn't care that he was allergic to milk and cheese and gave my child pizza every day. And Michael gobbled it up because he's a nutter, as you. But say. you're an involved parent, though. And it didn't matter. He still gave him. Yeah. So that, that's a difference. I think that's where I'm I in a stuck. different state. That's what I'm saying. I'm in a whole different state. Yes, so I would have a problem. I would have a problem with Mike doing that because you've still got custody of your child. And together, the three or four of you, if you had your partner, Mike has his wife, you all four of you make a decision. Does that make sense? But if you had full custody, do you have to consult consult Mike and his wife on this decision? Unless you are having that relationship with them, isn't it? Am I moral missing level. I have full custody and on a moral level because I value yeah. the other half of my child, right? That I chose to procreate with if he were a good guy, right? I would definitely co-parent with my child. Good guy, good guy. Do he we know the good... specifics of why this child is full custody with her father? Yeah, because he had more money and because that was a decision that they made. But that doesn't take her out of the equation as his mom. Just it's a lot of parents that lose custody or give custody of their child to another parent that could better support them and give them, you know, things that they need yeah. all the time. 
But that still doesn't mean that they're not valuable to the raising and upbringing of that child in their day-to-day -day life. What the state says, who this child should live with or who has custody or not, doesn't remove my DNA, the time and effort, oh. the investment that I've placed in that child. I don't care what the paperwork says. It was a time when my child could have been taken away from me for some lies. Would that make me less his parent? I shouldn't be involved mm. because I lost custody or gave custody of my child because I think he's in a better position with this parent financially. No, I think it's just a, it's a moral decision. It's a benefit to have everyone on the same page. And if the mom didn't agree with the transition or anything like that, she has a right to her feelings. That's her feelings. That's her emotions. That's her grief that she has to go through and work out, right? But allow her that time and energy to be able to even do that. I guess that's my- so Would you say that the, the, the transition would have paused for her to grieve? No. I'm saying okay. that okay. bring her in on the process so that she yeah. can- Yeah, Yushima, as I said, I don't know the ins and outs. I don't have these- four people in front of me to sit and deal with it but what i said in the beginning i think that's where i'm at with it and parenting it's complex it's whatever but at the end of the day we've got to support our black children as the, from the lgbt community in whatever way they need our support if you're not coming me to, to tell me that you want to kill somebody or whatever like you love this boy you love this girl you want to become a transgender person or whatever i've got kids i've got nieces and nephews and if they come to me and they need my support with any of that, I'm going to support the hell out of them. And it's not because I'm LGBT, but I think that it's important as parents for us to love and support our children. You said it at, at the beginning. You, it's your child. You had that child. How do you then switch off that love that you're supposed to give to that child? And one of the things that we don't talk about enough is the, the, the harshness that is out there for Black children. That's what we're going to be talking about next. Okay, come mm -hmm. on. You know what time it is. We're going to get right back into this topic, you guys. But we're moving on to naughty or nice. Come on, you have to choose one. Naughty or nice. Which one? Naughty or nice. I'm going to choose. Let me choose nice this week. What? <laughs> All right. So you chose nice this week. You chose nice. So would you rather be able to see your future or change your past? I don't like either of those. I know. I don't like, I wouldn't change my past because my, I would have loved, okay. I wouldn't want to see my future. I don't play that. I don't want to see my future. I love surprises. I want to be surprised when I get there. Yeah. I want to work towards it. Yeah. And I mean, imagine my future says I'm going to be a billionaire next week. I'm going to be just lying on my bed yes, this sir. week doing absolutely nothing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then I might mess it up because maybe it's something that I'm going to do in two days. That's going to make me a billionaire. Mm -hmm. okay, so <laughs> I'm not going to change. I wouldn't, in a lot of ways, I wouldn't change my past because I am who I am because of my past. But my past has a lot of trauma, a lot and a lot and a lot of trauma. And I know that it's made me who I am. It's made me, you know, and it's made me who I am in, in good ways and bad ways. So I think I would take away some of the trauma from my past. I would really take away some of the trauma. Definitely. I mean, 
you know, being beaten on by one person. It's enough. I've learned my lesson. Stop now. So I would definitely change some things in my past. Yeah. Okay. This is not part of the question, but how do you think things would be different if you could change that one aspect? You know what? And I'm still trying to... Guys, I've got PMDD. I know I say this a lot, but I know new listeners come every week. But I've got PMDD, and it's a condition that is it's far more se severe than PMS, yeah? And I think my theory is that a lot of my trauma has made my PMDD what it is today, yeah? I, I know that there's not enough scientific information out there yet because, unfortunately, this only affects women, and what affects us is not as important to the rest of society. But I think that... If, if I didn't have to deal with all the trauma, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be losing two weeks out of my life every month now. And imagine the things I could do with them two weeks. I mean, look at what I'm doing now with only two weeks of every single month. Everybody's got 52 weeks. I've got what, 26 of the year and I do so much with it. So I think I would be so much flipping greater than I am now. And I would have loved to see that version of Kimon. So I'd definitely, definitely, it would be better. I'd be healthier. I would be a healthier human being. Yeah. I think you would run yourself ragged. You may need those would, two I weeks off. It. <laughs> you would love it. <laughs> but we would have to find another way to hold you down for a week or two out that month. So <laughs> this may be a blessing in disguise because you run yourself ragged in Girl. these two weeks that you have available. I can imagine four weeks of this every month. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't have to because my best work-life balance, and that's why I say it's trauma because my PMDD got better. It got better before. And it got worse. And this month is my first really bad month in months, maybe in over a year. And you know what? I'm going to share that story on my, on my, what do you call it? On my, what's this thing called? TikTok. I'm going to share that story on my TikTok. Check in the, in the description box for that link. But I'm going to tell you why it was so bad this month. Trauma is real. Trauma is real. And it affects you. You know, with PMDD, Yushima, you're, you're, you feel this thing turn on in your womb and your womb is like kicking you and saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, pay me attention. That's the only way I can describe it. And to feel that switch inside of you, it's like everything explodes and you become the shell of absolutely nothing. Yeah. You've looked into this. And then Pardon? I don't know if you've looked into this, but for me, when I had my first child, because I was, I would have to take off of school a day or two every month right during that time of the month because I would have cramps I would be vomiting I had migraines I couldn't see it was bad but when I had my first child it changed for me is there a correlation between having a child and your symptoms lessening it's not no no I'm part of a group of women I just I'm finalizing it now I we've just done a research I've done a research and I'm, I'm trying to put out a book about this because I think a lot of a lot more work needs to be done about PMDD, but I'm a part of a group of women, of hundreds of women. And it's sad because it's scary to see how they are and the fact that they've had, they've got children. They've yeah. got children. And to be what we are and have to serve another human being. Yeah, it's, it's, it's completely, it's, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult, difficult, difficult. It hasn't changed. Some women are going through menopause and it just makes things worse for them. While some women get better, not all of us. That's a perfect segue. So we're going to go into 
the discussion about talk about our children being treated cruelly, black and brown children being treated cruelly. If you have a parent who may not agree with your, who you are as a person, right? Um, your sexuality. So when you think about the cruel, the cruelty that a lot of children from the LBGTQ community suffer, come on, what, what is it that comes to mind about that? Wow. You know, guys, I was fortunate enough, but I was a different kind of child. You, you took me or leave me. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. I did not give a hoot. I really didn't. I was that child who I was going to do what I wanted to do. And I was like that throughout across all aspects of my life. So when I started dating my girlfriend at a very young age, I wasn't living at home. I, I bought loads of fish. I'd had loads of issues. So I wasn't living at home, but I came, I didn't even come out. I didn't even come out. Yeah. But we had issues with, I was dating a girl. We're going to high school together. I was dating a girl and we had issues with teachers telling us we've got to be heterosexual. I remember that teacher sat on our desk and she says, I've heard the rumors and I don't care what da 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 da, but I'm going to tell you this, be heterosexual. And I remember thinking, this woman is a nutter. Mm -hmm. She is an absolute nutter. I'll make that for a story time because the story eats up. But anyway, so, and then we had a lot of backlash from Jehovah Witness children at school and a lot of stress from these kids. And I was like, I don't give a hoot. Like, I don't care. You don't want to be my friend. Who cares? Yeah. But then I remember there was this one time and I rarely ever talk about it. I don't even think I talked about it back then because I was so scared. I've always been scared of people attacking me sexually. And there were these big boys. Yeah. And I remember I went into the girl's bathroom. I rarely ever went into the girl's bathroom because I couldn't use a toilet away from my home. I just couldn't. But I, I don't know if I messed my uniform, but I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So I went in, I got sorted and then I was coming out and these guys blocked the door and I was panicking. I'm like, oh my God, they're huge. In high school, I was a little stick. I was tall, mm -hmm. but I was so skinny. You could pick me up, throw me over your, your shoulder and do whatever you wanted with me. Yeah. So I was there and this was happening. And luckily for me, a guy from my class was coming down. He was just a rough guy. I, do, I don't know if this child ever did anything to anybody, but he just looked like he could kill someone. And he came down and he saved me because I was like, what's happening? And then, you know, he just took me up to class. And I never said it to anyone. I don't know if he said it to anyone. I never, ever spoke about it to anyone. But then it made me realize at that young age, I was like 15 or 16, I don't know. But it made me realize that, you know, it's dangerous out here for women, for black women, and then for lesbian and bisexual women, yeah? And growing up, I've witnessed the the you know, gay boys being, you know, stabbed, being killed, being this, being that. There's a lot of dangers out there. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. People can be very homophobic and they take their homophobia to the next level where they will try to harm these people. I've got, I've got, I, re I wrote a book when, when rape becomes acceptable. It's about corrective rape in Jamaica. And that book, it, it documents 
stories of women who were raped and I only use the stories of women who I, I don't I don't actually remember but so these are stories of women who were raped in Jamaica because of their sexuality so these things happen and unfortunately I'm talking about this and I'm smiling because Yushima has got my book just showing at showing it up there and stuff but so unfortunately this happened to people of very young age to girls of very young age yeah there's a lot of dangers out there and it can be very lonely when you're trying to figure out your own sexuality because maybe you've you've taken your child to church their whole life and church preaches that you cannot be gay under no circumstances you'd rather be a murderer than be gay you see what i mean so they're dealing with these internal issues as well they're having to deal with a lot a child needs their parents. I'm saying that and I'm getting emotional. A child needs their parents. The world is rough when you've got no family, when you've got no one to turn to. It is absolutely rough, yeah? So when you're turning your child away because you don't agree with their lifestyle, remember how rough it can be out there. And it's not a lifestyle. You don't agree with them living in their truth. You are setting your child up for failure. Kids run away every day in America. They're running to chase to set up with someone else because that community is going to accept them. Some of them don't make it there. They do not make it there because on their way, they get killed. On their way, they get to rape, get raped and tortured. On their, on their way, they're sold into sex, into the sex trade. So when you're, when you're, when you're doing this, I want you to stop as a parent and think about the impact that you're going to have on your child and not just about being LGBTQ. You know, I was shunned from my family at a young age, not because of my sexuality, but I tell you guys, it was rough. It was rough out there. It was not easy. Remember, this child has got to try to figure out going to school if they're interested in that. They've got to try to figure out feeding themselves. They've got to try to figure out finding a roof over their head. Yeah. This is not the life that you want for your child. And a child out there feeling unloved and uncared for, you're just putting out a human being into the world who is going to be so damaged, so damaged that they're going to live the worst possible life that you can think of. Yes, some of us will take it and we'll turn it into something and we'll keep fighting. But life shouldn't have to be that tough. It should not have to be that tough for any child, especially your child. So I've got a huge issue with Black parents especially. I mean... You can have a parent that didn't even give you water when you were young. Yeah. And as a child, you expect you're expected when that parent gets old for you to look after them. They're not going to go into a home in the black community. You're going to have to look after them. Yeah. They expect that from you. So why then are you turning away your child when you know that there's racism out there? There's so many issues that your child has got to go face. Why are you turning them away? Because you're not gay and you can't understand it. You know, you are. understand it. It's not your you life. You are gay and you've suppressed it. Exactly. I had a friend who had that. Her mom, both her mom and her dad look like two gay people getting together. Both of them. Yeah. Both of them look like two gay people. And that child was terrified to come out to her parents. Terrified. And it has messed up her life. It has messed up her life. This is a smart, smart girl who is now stuck in a very abusive relationship where this woman threw her out of a window, out of a window, and she was paralyzed. I don't even know if she's walking now, but that happened. But she still doesn't want to go home because of the, like, guys, I'm getting passionate about this. I'm getting very passionate about this because it happens too often. Too often it happens that we turn away our children because of their sexuality and their gender identity and gender how they feel about themselves as a human being and want to live their lives as human beings. And it's it's not okay. It's not okay. 
What do you want for your child? I know some parents are rubbish and they couldn't give a hoot. Yeah. But what do you want for your child? Right. Period. Um, that's funny. Just before we started recording, I was watching a, 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 a short on Tyler Perry, uh, Kevin Hart. I don't know if you've ever watched his interviews. They're really, he does a good job with his goofy little bitty stuff. And so he said, so what's your relationship with your dad? And he said, you know, we haven't talked. And I think he said 11 years. I, I don't know. That's what's coming to my mind now for some reason. But he said, I, I make sure he had a new house. I make sure he's taken care of every month. I make sure he has all the amenities. I did for him what he did for me. I had clothes on my back. I had a roof over my head. I had food in my belly. That's it. But the part that he's missing out on the most is the relationship between us. That's something I cannot give him. To me, cool. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But I feel wow. you, Tyler Perry. But that's really good that um he said, I'm gonna give back to him what he gave to me. I'm not gonna leave him out here destitute. I'm gonna feed him, clothe him, and make sure he has shelter. That's all I got, and that's all he's getting. And I was like, I feel you. That's that's commendable. That's doing a lot because as a child, that's their responsibility to do that for you. But as an adult, you know, it's a decision. So the fact that he has it like that to do that, that's awesome. If I had it like that to do that, I would probably do something similar to that. Um, but, you know, to each their own. And I just want to piggyback on what we just touched on briefly. It's a lot of people who envy the LBGT community uh, because they live in their truth. And if you feel stifled, if you're unable to live in your truth, and it may not be that you're gay, it may be that you're something else, right? But you just can't seem to find happiness in your truth. You can envy the happiness of someone else because you wish you could have that freedom. And I really feel like this is why a lot of um, our youth who identify as gay or queer or whatever, why they get abused and sexually molested by the heterosexuals <laughs> plug that quotation marks guys you can't see me but you know they're getting molested by the heterosexual males to teach them a lesson because mm -hmm. they're gay and you're not mm -hmm. make it make sense it doesn't what you're saying is this is an excuse for me to do what I've always wanted to do, uh -huh. to fulfill a need that I really wanted to fulfill. And now I have opportunity shrouded in hatred, but you don't even hate that person that you're assaulting, you hate yourself. Uh -huh. Go to therapy, go to therapy. <laughs> That's always the weirdest thing to me. How you get assaulted? by mm -hmm. heterosexual because you are gay. So, so not only are you a rapist, but you're also gay. You're a gay rapist. And they're probably not even gay because it's interesting. I, I wanna do, guys, I love research. I wanna do this book and, I, and this came from my brother-in-law and he was like, I think you should interview rapists and try to understand why the behavior, he's a doctor and he works with, um, he works with the women who've been through the trauma of rape and stuff like that as well. And he was like, come on, I think all this will be a beautiful research for you to take on. And I've thought about it and I am gonna do it because 
I want to understand, especially for people that you're talking about, men who claim they're not home, well, homosexuals and they have sex with, and I do understand it to an extent because there, there are lesbian women out here who are, you know, selling sex to men and there's absolutely no connection there. They're not bisexual. They're not, they're just having a transaction. So sex can be very transactional, but I want to understand a rapist mind and to see what makes you think that it is okay to do this and what's inside of you that's not inside the rest of us that we can say, hang on a minute, some of us can't even do rough sex, yeah? So what, what, what's not switching on inside the view to say, but this isn't okay, you know what I mean? I wanna understand it, I wanna, yeah, I think society needs to understand it because could we, as a society, what can we do? Does that make sense? What can we do as a society? If I'm raising it, I would never want to hear that one of my boy children did that. I've ne even girls, because I've been, I, I was assaulted and it was by a woman, yeah? But can we have that conversation and can we do something as parents to not necessarily change, but help to make it the possibility less than 50-50? Because with all of us, it's 50-50. You see what I mean? We can either do it or we can't. But yeah, it's a conversation I'm trying to have inside my head. Yeah. Well, from a clinical standpoint, a different population that they have found that research has found that cannot be changed is pedophilia. Yeah. Now, pedophilia and the brain of a rapist. I don't know what it looks like on screen. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. what the differences are, but I know that the, the brain of a pedophile is much different. There are areas that are lit up, areas that are dark, areas that are big, small, that's different than the brain of someone who is not interested in having uh, sexual relationships with children, right? And so they've had programs in place, they've had different things in place for years, and they found that those same spaces light up when you put those images in front of them. It does not go away. It is the structure of their brains that caused them to be the way that they are. So I don't know about that with rapists and I don't know about that with rapists who are attracted to the same sex when they claim not to be attracted to the same sex. Um, and they can, can, they can be not attracted because it, for them it can be a punishment. It could be power. It could be power. Yeah. It could be self-hatred again. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to be attraction. It can be a lot of things. I don't, even, I don't even want to put the word attraction in it. Just like I hate that they say a passion killing to, to dumb down yeah. the fact that you can't control your psychotic urges to kill and hurt yeah. somebody because you are emotional. So yeah. they give the men most of the time the label Oh, it's a passion kill. No, change that bull crap. That was a murder that was committed. And it was, if it was premeditated or not, it was still a murder, right? Anyway, yeah. that always baffled me, but I don't want to put the word attraction into it. And I'm sorry, I retract that. But um, the fact that they, because <laughs> I don't want to make it, I don't want to romanticize it. You know what I mean? True, like that true, sounds crazy. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's not attraction. You don't rape somebody because you're attracted to them. You rape them because you have a mental illness. There's something wrong with you. You know, mm -hmm. demon, mental illness, whatever you want to call it. Um, something in there is not right. Or the combination of both. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting irritated. Let's move on. Come yeah. on. We're mm -hmm. about to wrap this thing up before I get canceled. Yeah, we canceled, should. Canceled. Uh, what are you manifesting for this week? 
this week i'm manifesting oh guys i'm so sorry i still didn't do my i did go to work every day this week but it was like a rush to get yeah guys i've been having long days this week i think last night i had eight hours my first eight hours all week but i've been running on like no sleep uh i've been doing like all nighters all dayers all everythingers so i didn't get to do my um my challenge so i don't want a new challenge this week i am going to this week manifest doing that challenge i'm going to wear a different uh, what am i supposed to wear a different pair of shoes a different pair of earrings and a different jacket, jacket. every single day it's yeah so i'm doing that this week we have to change yours. it's gonna be warm soon <laughs> no i'm definitely doing this week so i'm, I'm manifesting doing my challenge that's what i'm manifesting what are you manifesting sis for this week um just well i'm not gonna say continuing uh I'm, let me do something different i really want to cook and not eat out and eat all the junk food that i've been eating girl so just being healthier i think my stress has gone up and so i've been snacking a lot more and I looked at that scale and it was like, hey, girl. And I was like, no, we're not going to do this. <laughs> not today. So just staying mindful yeah. of what I put in my body, what I consume. And I mean, what I consume orally, what I consume visually, and what I consume auditorily. Just being mindful of those things so that I can stay on track and uh, do better with my health and my mental health as well. That's it. That's good. Okay. That's good. Okay. We're going to do this this week. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. So I would say I would record every time I eat something, but I eat so often that you would just have <laughs> hours and hours and I'm not going to do it. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much for joining the system podcast. Come on. Did you have anything else to add before we continue to close out? No, that's it. I think, well, I, I just want to say, if you're of the LGBT community, be who you are. Be who you are unapologetically. Your mom, your dad, your friends, they're all living their own lives. And whether or not they're making the best of it, that's not your business. But you've got to make the best of your life. If you're a young person, I don't think young people listen to our podcast like children. If you're a young person, or if you're a parent, if you're a parent who you've been, you know, you feel like your back is up against the wall in terms of how you're going to support your child. Some people don't support their kids because of the church. Some people don't support their kids because of their religion and their community. But remember, this is your child. This is the ch fruit of your womb. Yeah, this is your child. So you've got to be there for them. The community doesn't matter. We all want to fit in. But do you want your child to be out there in the world all alone, lost in unhappiness? It's not okay. So that's what I want to leave with the listeners. It's not okay. And I just want to give a word of encouragement to the parents that may be struggling with accepting or understanding their child who may identify as LBGTQ or they may have some questions about their sexuality or they may not fully understand who they are. I just want to give you some <clears throat> words of encouragement right now. I understand you wanting your children to have the easiest road possible, right? Nobody wants their children to be bullied, disrespected, um, hurt because of who they are at their core. We have that layer already if you're a, a parent of a black or brown child, especially a male child, right? It happens to, to for our parents, we have a level of concern when our children leave our sight, when our children have to go to school, 
when our children have to, you know, when they, they want to go outside and play with the neighbors, they can't play cops and robbers like the, the white kids in the neighborhood, right? You can't have the little fake guns or anything. So having that extra layer and like Kamal said, the intersectionality between being Black and gay or Black and LBGTQ+, right? That adds another layer of worry that parents have for their children. So it's not that all parents hate their child or they can't find a way to love their child and accept their children. Sometimes it's straight up fear that holds them back from being able to accept this uh, extra layer of trauma that their children can experience because they're LGBTQ. And it doesn't excuse any misdirected pain that's you know added onto that child. But as a parent myself, if my child came out and said they wanted to be a police officer or they wanted, my son wants to play football, that's terrifying to me, right? Because I know the studies, I know the statistics and he's 60 pounds dripping wet, holding a weight, okay? 60 pounds and he's 10. So he's about to be on the 11th year old football team. And these kids are bigger than me. So I have a concern about that. Am I trying to deter him? Absolutely. Does it mean that I don't love him? Absolutely not. I love him. I want him to be safe. Is this something that he wants to do? Yes. Should I support him? Yes, I'm going to because his dad is fully pushing this and trying to get him to play the tuba or something, right? And while these two are different, there's still the underlying fact that I don't want my child to be hurt. I want to be the one to hurt my child. So I'm going to give them all the information. I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure he's educated on the topic, I'm gonna to get him the best trainers to make sure that he's safe in this space. When he's playing football, he knows what to tuck, how to move, how to shift, how to catch the ball, how to run the ball. His feet have to be in position. I'm getting him the best pads, the best helmet, the best training possible that we can afford, right? And sacrifice to make sure that he is equipped to be able to play the game. Equip your children with what they need to be able to live their lives in their truth. Give them the information. Give them everything that you wish you had gotten when you were younger and more. Do research. Get into their lives a little bit. Learn what it is that they need to learn so you can learn together and grow together. A lot of this is new information for all of us. But one thing that you have the power over is how you choose to equip your child and give them the tools that they need. What they do with that, that's up to them, but that at least you've done your part, right? So I say that to say this, I'm not gonna bash you. I'm not going to judge you or come after you. I wanna empower you and I wanna encourage you to get help with this transition in your life. You're gonna grieve the child the life that you thought that you had with your child, right? But that's what happens when we place expectations on things that don't, that we have no control over. So you need to deal with that part of it. And then you need to grow and move forward with your child in whatever way that they need you. That doesn't mean not to have boundaries. Don't let them have orgies in your living room. They're 11 years old. Like that's <laughs> unrealistic. And I think that's where the mind of a parent goes when they're not used to dealing with this. Oh my God, they're going to be in my kitchen having sex when I wake up. 
that's not true. You know what I mean? Like you still have to have a boundary set with your child, whether they're heterosexual or homosexual, it doesn't matter. You're not dating until this age. You're not going out by yourself until this age. You know what I mean? Like still set the same boundaries as you would if they were dating the opposite sex. Still ask the same questions. Still be involved with that vetting process. Well, I still want to meet him. I don't care. Okay, he gay and that don't mean he good. He, let me see. Let me see. I want to meet his parents. You <laughs> have to parent your child. You can't be hands off or too permissive because they still need your guidance, right? So that's why it's important to just remain in the space where you are open to learning, but you're also in the space of uh, parenting and of authority. You're not giving up or relinquishing your authority over your child. You still have a responsibility to teach them, train them, and keep them safe. That's it. That's all. We're going to go ahead and end it. Okay. Thank you so much for joining the System Podcast. Remember to like our podcast, follow it, share it with others, subscribe, and I don't know. Well, I don't <laughs> I that's it I don't have that written down I don't have it okay thank you so much for joining the system podcast remember to follow us and share our podcast with your friends family members and enemies they need they need us too okay yeah that's it guys thank you so much for tuning in we will see you next week tuesday back on this wherever you're listening to this podcast but don't forget we will be on youtube tomorrow and again on thursday on tomorrow we're doing worthy wednesday and next on and on thursday we are doing the system reacts we've been getting videos we also want your videos to react to on the system uh, reacts over on youtube go check us out the system podcast I have had some feedback about people struggling to find us with the system podcast, the name of our show. But what I did was to type in Kamoy and Kimon and girl, we did get the links to that. So it's Kamoy, C-A-M-O-Y and Kimon, K-E-M-O-N-E. Check us out. And don't forget, guys, follow us on social media. We need to connect with you and we need to be able to do some live shows. Yes. We want to go live with you guys, but we need more followers. We appreciate all three of our followers. We love you all. We have grown over the past few weeks, right? We're still new. We're still babies in this arena, but we've been doing this thing for a long time. Come on, get become part of the system. I've been your host, Yushima Kamoy Cherry Burks. And I'm Kimon Brown Chabalala. We will see you in the next one, guys. Bye-bye.